You're doing fine. I <laughs> but she's right. She doesn't. I've heard her pray. No, Isn't he great? <laughs> Isn't I love he, you, Diane. I, yeah. Isn't he great? The, 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 this is, and, and I'm, go ahead and share. I'll, I'll stand on what, what you say next. Okay. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, okay. In the God-centered approach, God leads you to pray according to his will and to believe that he will bring to pass what he has led you to pray. Then continue praying in faith and watching for him to keep his word. And I need to reference Missy at this point. Um, weeks and weeks ago, we're in a discipleship group together. Um, an adjustment that I picked up that God was doing in Missy's life and he's doing it in my life is it's his kingdom, his will. You know, I, I am aware that I have prayed Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done according to how I think it should be done, how I want it to be done. And again, my friend Missy, it's like, it's got to be all his kingdom. It's got to be all his will. Reading a little further, even the prayer may be costly. Becoming a person of prayer requires a major adjustment of your life to God. Prayer will always be a part of your obedience because it is in prayer, in a prayer relationship, that God gives you directions. That is extremely true. Here's the part where it's not just about me, Zion. It's about all of you. And I feel kind of like sheepish and being this bold, but I know that I'm supposed to be bold. Most of our churches have not learned how to pray together. God is changing that here at Zion. There's some of us that are meeting at 8.30 and at 9.30, and he is teaching us how to pray together. This is the part that went right through me. The greatest untapped resource I know of, and this is the author saying it, is the, the greatest untapped resource I know of is the united prayer of God's people. We are a resource for God's use and for God's purposes to be praying. And then I do want to share, God just kind of sealed the deal, um, not that he needed to, but he knows um, I'm dependent on his word. And so uh, a couple verses that really, uh, again, sealed the deal for me. This is in 1 Samuel 12, uh, verse 23. I think I'll read 24 also. Moreover, as for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by ceasing to pray for you. I will instruct you in the good and the right way. Only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart, for consider what great things he has done for you. Yeah. Uh, and, and what Diane is talking about is one of the most difficult things to do inside of a church family, and, and that's to create a culture where prayer isn't an afterthought or an add-on or something that we do because, well, we're a church, we're supposed to pray. Leading a body of believers to make prayer a natural default for everything we do, it's just what we do. We pray is one of the hardest things to, to I don't want to use the word create, but I'll use the word create. Create that kind of a culture in, our, in, in any church. It's difficult. 
And several months ago, um, Diane and, um, and Barry, who you're going to hear from a little bit ago, or in a little bit, approached me about that burden to help raise the temperature and, and, and change the culture uh, for prayer at, here at Zion. And uh, we've been working at it. There are some things we've been doing behind the scenes um, that, that we're, we're, we feel like we're, we're making some progress. Um, but in 2024, and I'm, I'm going to go on the record, we're going to take some more intentional corporate steps to help fuel um, an emphasis on prayer um, that we've never um, maybe embraced before. And so I'm excited, and, and Diane and Barry um, have been a little bit of the, not a little bit, they've been a lot of the catalyst behind it. And so I'm thankful for that. So thank you, ladies, for sharing. Excellent. Thank you. Come on. Yay. Hey, Patty, come on up. Jennifer, where's Jennifer? Come on up. These, those two gals are in a discipleship group together. These two gals aren't in a discipleship group together, but they are in a life group together, so they know each other, and, and they're going to come up and share. And uh, Jennifer reached out to me with a cool story about how she's experiencing God. So, Jennifer, here's the softball. Ready? Can you hit it? And I'm sure you can. All right, there we go. What's God been teaching you through experiencing God? So God-sized callings is not new to me uh, in my life, which praise the Lord for that. I'm, I'm very used to him calling me to big things. Uh, unfortunately, you would think after a long time of God speaking a lot into my life that I would be comfortable with that. So he has asked me and I believe my husband, to go into next year and create uh, a marriage conference here to be held at Zion. We believe strongly in marriages. We um, obviously believe that it's Christ's symbol and um, representation of his love for us in the church. But I immediately, as I always do, said back to God, I'm not an expert on marriage. And he said, no, you're not. I am. And so as I was going through uh, the Experiencing God book and looking for a place to find confidence in the next calling that he's brought uh, to me, I landed on David. And I'm so thankful that I did because uh, I, I would challenge you whenever you're able to, to turn to 146 in the workbook. And when you have a challenge come up in your life to speak these words that David spoke, you are God's next David. I am God's next David. And we can stand firm on God and we can speak these words in the face of all adversity. He says this to Goliath. So think of your Goliath. And I'm actually going to stand, as he would have, without fear. You come against me with a sword, a spear, and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of armies, the God of the ranks of Israel. You have defied him. Today the Lord will hand you over to me. All the world will know that Israel has a God. And this whole assembly will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's. He will hand you over to us. 
And if you know the end of the story, I'm sure most of you do, God won the battle for David. And David was very young, very inexperienced at this time. So if you feel that way too, you're not capable, you're not good enough, you're not an expert, that's perfect. That's right where God wants you to be. That's great. I love it. And I'm looking forward to working with, uh, with you and Sam to get this thing off and rolling in 2024. So stay tuned uh, for that. Uh, Patty, my good friend Patty, who, listen, she lives for these moments. She has told me. She, she lives for this. So no, this, this is, this is, yeah. I, I, listen, sometimes pastors cross the line a little bit between stretching and pushing. And, and, okay, maybe I pushed her a little bit, but I think her story needs to be told. So here's, here's the deal. Patty's story, it's a long, assorted story that we can't get into. <laughs> but the part I am going to tell started with her taking a shape assessment. Uh, if you guys remember me talking about that during, during the series, uh, shape is a kind of an online assessment that helps, uh, helps you to discern your spiritual gifts, S, your heart, H, abilities, A, personality, and experiences. And you, you go through this assessment and it spits out some results. And then we meet together and we look at it and we try to go, oh, this is what maybe God's up to in your life. And maybe what you need to do to fulfill your, you know, your God-sized assignment or you know, God's nudge in, in your life. And so when Patty took hers, and this is kind of where I'm going to lob it to you, um, one of the things that she shared about her passions was food insecurity and people who were struggling when it came to when it comes to making sure that they have what they need. And you guys know if you've been a part of Zion that we have an extensive uh, food um, distribution ministry. Have had it for as long as I've been here, and it has grown and developed over the years. And a few years ago, we started a, a kind of a, a, a side branch to it, or kind of an extended the reach of our, our Jesus pantry is what we call it, and we created a client choice um, model or a ch- client choice option where instead of everybody who comes just given, being given a box of food, they have the option as clients to come in and choose their food, to pick what they want. Do they want beans or corn? Do they want you know, pasta or rice? Do they need you know, you know, what kind of meats they want? Do they like chicken or do they like, you know, they, they like steaks? Um, and so we think that that's an important piece to provide for people. And we had that rolling for a few years, and some of you volunteered uh, for it. Well, during COVID, we had to shut that thing down, some transitions in leadership, and leadership, and we've never relaunched it. And so I think you probably know where I'm going, but Patty and I had an opportunity to talk about that. And so talk about, talk about that, Patty. So Trent suggested, you know, would you want to do the client choice thing? And I'm immediately going, no. She did. She like, said no, no right away. Yeah, because I don't want to be in charge of stuff because I'm kind of the blonde seeped in too far when they dye my hair. And you just uh, offended a bunch of ladies out there. But... Not natural. Okay. Not natural All right. ones. All right. Ladies, that was her that said that, not me. Okay. All right, go ahead. Anyway, um, but so I get home and I'm praying about it and I'm still not on board and... Um, I can't even tell you the exact scripture and what was in the book, but one day God just kind of like slapped me and he's like, yeah, guess what? I want you to do this. And then I start thinking about it and I start getting a little bit excited 
even though I'm nervous, and, and I haven't even shared this with Trent, like some of the thoughts I have that I would like to see this grow into, more even than just um, the food. I, I did share a little bit with you about, I'd like to teach people how to take that food and make nourishing meals where they don't have to follow a recipe and, oh, I don't have this, I can't make it, let's just do macaroni and cheese. You know, I, I just think it's a lost art, if you want to call it an art, um, a skill that sure. would be very helpful, and I would like to see that. Um, another thing I would kind of like, and I haven't shared this with you exactly. Um, I'm nervous. Right, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you can say no. I said no. Um, <laughs> budgeting um, so and and when I look back I see where God started this in me like a year ago so a year ago I really felt led to become a um, certified financial coach to help people that are just struggling you know they're in debt and I don't really it's more than being in debt it's how it affects your relationship with your spouse with your kids you know it ruins marriages it it, it destroys families and I feel like it's an attack by Satan, and it doesn't have to be if people can understand. So like a year ago, I started that, and that's part of what I'd like to see the client's choice, just be more than just food. It, anyway, that's... I vote yes. Anybody else vote yes? All in favor? All right, it's done. Awesome. Huh? Can, can you go? She's like, gee, I gotta get off this. Yes, Patty, you may go. Jen, thank you. Thank you, guys. Awesome, awesome. All right. Hey, Chad, Mike, come on up. Uh-oh. Special delivery. Thank you. Howdy. So Mike and Chad and I spend lots of time together because the three of us, along with uh, one other young fella, not that young. Tell him I call him a young fella, Beth. Uh, Matt Euchert, we're in a, a discipleship group together. And so this journey um, has been, I've been watching this journey unfold in, in these guys' lives, you know, week after week after week. And, uh, and so, again, just kind of hearing from them as we walk through this, I'm like, you guys just need to come up and talk about it, you know, your, the, the impact that experiencing God has had on, on you guys. I'm not sure who's going to go first, but little, little it's going to go back and forth. Okay, so you guys, this is rehearsed. You guys got together and planned this out. No? Five no. minutes this morning. Five minutes. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool, cool, cool. No. So, Chad, Mike, talk to us about experiencing God. What, what's your journey been like? All right, well, first, we're going to mix up the format a little bit. I'm going to talk a little bit, intro, icebreaker. And then I'll have Mike introduce himself, and then he'll share, and then I'll share. So that's, that's the template. Um, so my name is Chad Davis. Uh, some of you may know me as Kim Davis's husband, uh, <laughs> Diane Fagley's son-in-law, um, parents of Bryce and Zelda Davis. Hey, kids. Um, so before we even get to this, I feel like God's been preparing me to even be in front of you all to talk. So like over the summer, I had this meeting and I got volunteered to do like, I don't know, a presentation for like 20 or 30 minutes. And I initially was set to do like five minutes and then it got extended to like longer than that. And there's about 
50 to 75 people in the room and like another couple hundred on Teams meeting. So I'm like, all right, I can do this. And it went really well. Like I got a lot of compliments. And then about a month later, we went to a Kids Bop concert and I... God uses anything to prepare us. I got asked to perform on stage on a daddy dance-off. There's video of it. If you... And it's in front of 10,000 people, at least close to 10,000 people. And so I have a treat. I asked Cam to put oh, on some music. Goodness. And you... here we go. Jeez. This is not... Okay, not really. Okay. But... I thought, you... I thought that would have been great. That would have been great. You got me. You got me. There is video evidence of this happening, though. Go ahead. So, anyway, God has prepared me to be, even be in front of here yes. to speak. Yeah. So, I'm going to review my notes while Mike will introduce himself and speak. Thank you. Yeah. Good morning. I'm Mike Namelli. Um, Top that. Yeah, it'll be tough. You know, when Trent asked us to speak here, I think Chad and I thought the same thing. Like, there's got to be more insightful people out there than us. Uh, but we did it either way, so um, hopefully it'll make a difference for someone here. But uh, I by no means, after we finish this book, have it all figured out. I mean, it's definitely pushed me along a long ways, but um, I don't want to sit up here and feel like, man, I'm doing it all the right way now. I'm not making any mistakes. So uh, it's, it's been a great help, but there's still a lot of growing. Um, but a, a couple of the quotes in there, you, know, you, you can't go with God and stay where you are at the same time. Uh, that's, that's just so important. If we're not stretching ourselves and letting Trent push ourselves a little bit, um, we're just going to stay where we are. We're going to stay in our comfort zone. So uh, some of the things I've tried to do intentionally is just make more time. Get up in the morning, start off by getting into prayer, reading some of experiencing God, taking notes, and, uh, and then just being in D group. Being in a D group has been fantastic. Uh, one of the best things we ever did was we switched our meeting day to a Monday. We used to meet on a Thursday, and then Thursday would roll around, and somebody would have something going on, and we'd just say, well, we'll wait till next week. We'll push it on to next week. So uh, meeting on Mondays opens up that flexibility, and we've actually stayed pretty well on schedule and uh, ready to finish the book this week. So we're in good shape there. Uh, another big feature was uh, obedience. Uh, I wrote down, when you feel God's asking you to do something, just do it. Uh, it's so easy to rationalize it and be like, no, nah, I can't mean me, or it's, it's somebody else has more talent, more skills, but uh, God's already factoring in everything that you can bring up to try and get out of it, so God wouldn't be putting it on your heart to do it unless uh, God had already gone through and knew you'll have the talent and, and skills to be able to do that. And if you're just trying to rationalize it out, uh, you're just kind of saying to God, look, um, you must be wrong, like, and, and then you're just challenging your relationship with God. Another thing I've been trying to do is just uh, look for God in, in, at work and just throughout my day. Where's God already working? Who can I help out? So as I'm at work all day long and not just thinking about having to be at work, I'm constantly trying to look around and see if there's somebody I can help or just something I can say to, to help out in their, their life. Um, it's just, I'm, I'm trying more and more to live a God-centered life rather than a self-centered life, and it's just so easy to live the self-centered life because of all the things around us and all the distractions, but those are some of the areas I'm trying to work at. Um, just being faithful in the little assignments. Like I said, sometimes just saying good morning or asking someone about their weekend uh, might be a small assignment, but it might be uplifting to, to someone that day. And then just praying more uh, and really trying to pray a lot more. Um, and Trent's kind of pushed us on that too, just uh, when you're not sure, pray and wait. 
And if you're not hearing something, I remember one of the things Blackaby said in his book was um, when he doesn't always get a response, uh, sometimes he has to go down through a sin checklist and ask, are there any unresolved sins that I need to be asking for forgiveness for? Uh, so sometimes uh, there's just things in our way there. And uh, that's kind of how I was a couple weeks back. I just, I'd pray and like, God, show me what do you want me to do? What, and, and it kept coming on my heart, like, get baptized. And I thought, oh, come on, that, that's, that doesn't, that's not helping anybody to get baptized. But every, every time I would pray, it was always coming back to, you should get baptized. And I thought, well, I was baptized as, a, as an infant. I don't, I don't need to do that. But then it just got to the point that I'm like, if I can't do this for God, how am I ever going to move forward and do anything bigger? So that was when Trent baptized me a couple weeks ago. And um, I feel like now I don't have to have that on my heart that I, it's just, it's not, I, I don't even think about that anymore. I can move on and ask kind of the question that Trent said, what's, what's next? next? Yeah, yeah what's next? So that's where my prayers have gone. So, cool. um, and the last thing I really wanted to bring up is just our, our walk with God is personal, but not private. And we do need each other. Well, we need these D groups and we need each other at church and just to be able to open up and talk about this. For the longest time, I always felt almost embarrassed to talk about God. If it's a personal thing, it's just, but I just feel like as we've gone through these D groups and, and I see everybody's love for God, that it's just so much easier to, to get up here and want to talk about that. And it just shows that, you know, if you're embarrassed to talk about God, you probably don't have a great relationship with him. So, uh, and the, the, the last part is what, what drives me, like, what, what do I think about the most? And it's like, you know, if, if not now, then when? And, and I think to myself, the, the verse in the Bible, I say, you know, someday I stand in front of God and I say, Lord, Lord, you know, it's me. And he's like, Mike, I never knew you. I mean, that's probably the scariest part I think to me would be to someday meet God and, and he says I never knew you so it's very motivating to me so with that Chad I'll let you talk a little bit about your situations all right thank you Mike you're such a good speaker thank you for sharing and you it, want me to head off now? no you're good okay. I need your support <laughs> but I mean it's it, it was great um, you getting baptized and you sharing that with the DD group that it was on your heart um, so I, I guess my story is more, I don't know, I'll just start talking. Um, I have a specific example. So like my routine in reading, experiencing God has been, you know, we have D group on Mondays. I go to CCA um, where my daughter dances, not me. And <laughs> so I'm, you know, just waiting for my daughter and I'm, you know, I spend about that hour, that hour you know, reading, experiencing God. And the section we were at, like it challenges you on like changing up your prayer. So like, you know, when you pray, you know, dear God, help me with X, Y, Z. Um, So-and-so is having a problem, you know, standard stuff. But the challenge was ask God what you want, what I can do for you. And then just be silent and just, you know, listen, listen to him, what he wants you to do. So um, I'm taking notes because I don't remember anything. Um, and so, you know, my wife comes to my mind, all right? Writing about my wife. My kids come to my, my mind, all right? You know, writing about my kids. But then like this really strange task came to mind and I'm like, this can't be right. It just, it, it was such a small thing and it had nothing to do with anything. And so, like, 
I just put it off. I'm like, all right, I must have heard wrong. Um, I won't share what that task is, but you know, just kind of sharing the process. But you know, a week goes by, and um, you know, it's still on my heart. And you know, Mike, that same D group, he shared what God had on his mind, which was, you know, you getting baptized, and that was awesome that you shared that, and that kind of gave made me comfortable in sharing what God wanted me to do. And, you know, the guys gave me advice. I went a different route, but I still, <laughs> I still. We tried. I still, you know, the, t the task that was given to me, you know, is still in my heart. Another week goes by. I tell the D group, hey, I didn't do this yet. <laughs> and finally, like probably two or three weeks later after God told me to do this task, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, the task was small. Like God was telling me, like, I mean, who am I to say it's a small task? But God was telling me, do this, and I'm just putting it off. And at most, it was like a mild inconvenience or a mild embarrassment. But, like, it was, um, you know, I did it. It was good. And it just felt good. Um, obeying God's command. And, you know, like Mike was saying, now we're, I want to be at the point where I want to say what's next. Um, so, like here's, if you open your book to Luke chapter 16, verse 10, you, or you, don't, have to, you don't have to open your book, but here it is. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. And, um, you know, Blackaby had something similar, you know, that really spoke to me. It says, God knows how he can use your life to exert the maximum impact for his kingdom. Um, it, it may be a very ordinary task. It may not carry much prestige. However, if you faithfully do all God asks, then don't be surprised if God gives you something new and has greater ramifications. So, like, I want to be more... Well, first, I just want to be more aware of what God wants me to do, and I want to just say yes and just do it and not him haul around for three weeks and talk to my D group twice about it. But, you know, that's pretty much where I'm at. So I want to continue to grow, um, continue to pray, and that's the end. That's it. Good job. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. Love you guys. Kayla and Matt, why don't you guys come on up? And, and again, one of the neat things, if you're picking up on this, God has spoken in a variety of ways to individuals because God is a personal God. He knows where we're all at individually. He knows where, where, what we need, and he knows how to, how to speak his will into our specific stories. And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. And so, uh, Kayla, how are you? I'm good. Got your voice back a little bit? A little bit. That's great. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. Kayla and I met this week to kind of talk through what she's going to share, and, and she, was, she had no voice. And so I said, nothing. Not, not, a, not a thing. Nothing. And so, um, won't you tell us about what, what God's been saying to you? Okay, so, um, first of all, I've always said that for me, hearing from God is kind of like tuning into a rate into a radio. So throughout this study, my goal was to 
tune in more and wait for those moments when God invited me to work with him. So um, I didn't tell you these stories, but I'm going to tell you these stories. Um, God had to do a work in me because I was willing, um, but I didn't always have the skills. So the first chance he gave me was at Aldi's. I'm standing behind a lady who was fumbling with the quarter, trying to get it into the cart. And God really put it on my heart. You need to step up and help her. And I froze. Didn't do anything. Just watched her. Anybody ever freeze before? God said right. do this. You're like, hey. Right. I froze. And so she got her cart, and no thanks to me, went about her life. And I thought, wow, what a failure, God. But he gave me another chance. So I'm at Cozumel on Veterans Day. We're eating dinner, and a veteran walked in with a Desert Storm hat, and he sat down at the bar, and God said, I want you to go wish him a happy Veterans Day, thank him for his service. And I said, God, I don't really like talking to strangers. I'm socially awkward. That was my crisis of belief, and I'm arguing with God. God was like, this is what I want you to do. So... I got up, I walked up to him, I thanked him for his service, and I said, happy Valentine's Day. No, you didn't. I did. No. I did. Wow. And so, I just said, I'm sorry, and walked away. And I thought, God, like, come on. This, you have got such a sense of humor. Stop it. I mean, I'm trying, but... Eesh. So the third chance he gave me, he keeps trying, he keeps going. Um, I'm at five below with Tom, and I see this stack of toys just completely knocked off, laying in the aisle, and God put it on my heart, you need to pick those up and restack them. And so I obeyed, and I did, and I picked them up, and Tom comes around the corner, and there I am with this giant stack of toys, just putting them back on the shelves, and that seems really insignificant. But it was that moment of obedience. And I don't know what God was up to with stacking the toys. And it's not like you're going to see me in the Walmart parking lot gathering up all the carts before I go in. But God reveals to you in those moments what he wants you to do. And sometimes you could just walk right by them and it's not significant. But in that moment, that was something God wanted me to do. And I did. And it was obedience and success. And I was, you know, proud of myself. Um, but then there's the God-sized thing. Can I talk about the God-sized thing? That's your story to tell. Okay, great. Um, so the God-sized thing. Several years ago, I taught at a school out by Philly, and the school was designed for high school kids who, for whatever reason, mental health, social anxiety, delinquency, they couldn't fit into a regular public school setting. And... Back then, God was pushing me saying, you know, Clarion County needs something like that. We have services for elementary age, private schools for younger kids, but we need something for high school kids. And so God put that on my heart several years ago, and I did nothing. Clearly, there's no school like that in Clarion County right now. Um, and I always felt guilty, like I just wasn't 
listening to what God wanted. But throughout this study, it helped me to realize that, and there's actually a quote, it says, do not assume the moment you're called, you are ready for the assignment. Five years ago, I was not ready for that assignment. God has had to work on my character and he's had to introduce me to people along the way that are going to be integral in completing that assignment. And so I've really been able to let go of that guilt and realize moving forward that it's the small steps of obedience that is going to bring that to fruition. So I still have adjustments to make. I still have those baby steps that I'm listening, waiting for God to reveal what is next. I mean, that's a God-sized thing, um, but the, the baby steps are happening and um, I'm living a lot more in the obey and experience part of the study than where I have in the past. So, and because you asked for a Bible verse, this is a, this is a bonus. Bonus. Give us, bring it. <laughs> um, 1 Corinthians 12, 12 through 27. Um, the highlight of it is we are many parts. We're all one body. Each of us has gifts. We all have our passions. Um, Patty, I am so thankful for you. Where are you? I'm so thankful that you are taking over this client choice um, because... Those are all great ideas, great plans, and I know I've been involved in that in the past. That is not my passion. That is not my gift. Cooking, no. Like, I'm the macaroni and cheese girl from a box, and even then it's a struggle. So we all have separate gifts. There's a lot going on with Zion, and I'm super excited that we all have our own little talents, passions, but the Bible reminds us that each of those gifts we have, we're meant to share. and. My passion is education and mental health and being able to combine those and put those things together. Um, so no matter how insignificant you think your gift or your talent is, God, God will invite you and use you to work with him. And that's awesome. It's great. It's perfect. Mm. Matt. Yes. Hi, Matt. Good morning. One of our elders. What, what yeah. do you got for well, us today, Matt? Let me just say... Okay, I've been around a while, and, and this is a really, really good day here. It is. And I just, I kind of like don't want it to stop. I'm not too far up. I kind of want it to keep going. They'll turn you down if you're too loud. Okay. Just bring that mic right All right, right so there. I just want to say that. And, and the other thing is that, you know, Trent doesn't have any idea what I'm going to say. He wouldn't now, tell me. Now, here we go, though. This is a, I want to say this about our pastor. This is a great, this is good. This is healthy for all of us to be in the, his coming back from his sabbatical, we sensed this, this moment where he would trust God, which all of us are learning to do more of. So I just want to encourage him in this moment, because this is, you know, letting the body speak is, is a big deal. And it's, it's kind of can be risky, but I just thank God that we're growing in that area here. Uh, and now, okay, I'll only be about 25 minutes Okay, so I'm just going to go back and we're just going to kind of redo this. But so, so a year ago, we were getting ready to celebrate his 25th year of ministry. And, and on that day, he publicly said that he was going to take a sabbatical. I mean, it was public knowledge that pretty much official. Okay, so that 
changed everything for the elder team because we knew this was, we've never been there before. So, and then the prayer thing started in, I want to say March, was it March? I think so. So that was great to do that. And then, and, and then I, I saw so much of, let me see, I got it, I got it. I saw people with notes, so I'm just going to go ahead here. So our Sunday morning prayer gathering began. During this time, we had to trust God as a body. Daily and weekly, we were reminded what it took to care for each other and be on point for Sunday mornings. This was a healthy step for us, Trent being able to unplug and us growing in many different ways during that time. So what is, I say all that to say that we were already as a body experiencing God in That's a big true. way, because that, that was a major thing for us here at Zion for those nine, I counted every Sunday, there was nine of them, okay? And, and some of you know that I was a little anxious, but we trusted God and, and, and on behalf of the elder team, I just wanna, we are grateful for the body, for what you guys did during that time. I don't think we ever said that publicly, but we are grateful and thankful for you as a body here during that. And as far as the experiencing God goes, I got number five, I, number five guys, okay. Uh, you know, that was, it got a little edgy on number five. Crisis of belief. Okay, I gotta get out. Can you hold that for a second? Sure. Other notes here. All right. And another thing. Maybe it will be 25 minutes, Matt. Okay, so, the, the crisis of belief ended up being that, you know, anybody watch the videos weekly, we would, Ron and I would sit down and we realized that this week that we had a trust issue because of things in the past, and I can identify what, what Missy said about that, that you, people let you down or you're betrayed or whatever. So that was part of the lover's relationship that needed worked on with God. So the crisis of belief is, is that I try to control a lot of stuff. So what my takeaway was that I want to live today in the present, not running ahead trying to figure out what God's going to do, but today is the day of salvation being present in the day. And I've heard that throughout the morning about today is what God wants to do in your life, not tomorrow or the next day. We need to plan, I get that, but it's about today. It's about what God has for us daily. Give me what, he wants to give me what I need for today and I need to be okay with that. So that was the part that uh, I kind of got hung up there. And also, if you guys read the book or, or the the workbook, all those stories where God took this small, he, he, he did so much with little. He took this little church of 12 people that decided they wanted to build a mission church 100 miles away. I mean, that's where I, I think that we need to see that, that God wants to use us for whatever reason. And he does a little, he does a lot with a little. Okay, I'll leave, leave you with that. Okay, the last thing is, uh, the crisis of belief is that this is, I think this was in the workbook, reflects that we don't know God as well as, as we ought to. I changed that to I don't know God and like I ought to. And it shows I think too much of myself. Okay? Through crisis of belief, God moves us to a place of greater faith. So with that, I'm going to end with this, ver this verse. And then I'll be, I'll be done.
It's okay. This is a good idea. That's okay. We can buy a new mic. Okay, right here. Hebrews 6, right? 11, 6. I got it. Thank you. Yeah, that'd be good. You're just being obedient to what God says. And, and, and without faith, it's impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Yeah. That's true. You done? All right. You done? That's it. Man. That wasn't 25 minutes. All right. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Again, if you, read, if you read the book and you, you hear some of those stories that were birthed out of Blackaby's church there in Saskatoon, Canada, um, you, you know, I, I, know my, I know in my mind, I, I thought, you know, why couldn't God do some of these kinds of things through us? And I think Zion, and I've been here a long time, a lot of you have been here a long time, God has done some pretty incredible things at Zion, but we said this right way. Most of the things that God's done at Zion has had an impact at Zion and on Zion. It had to do with the size of this ministry. And I feel like we're in a health, probably the healthiest place we've ever been at as a church because as we're hearing God speak to us, it's not about us. Whether it's the Keystone Family Alliance, Love Inc., Life Made News, New Ministries, Kayla's talking about you know starting another school. Guys, these are... These are horrible church growth strategies. Every one of them leaning into mental health, right? They're they're horrible ways to think about how do you grow the church bigger? And, And I'm glad for that because I'm not interested in church growth. I'm interested in reaching people who need the gospel, who may never darken the doors of this building. And how do we get the gospel to them? And the culture that we're living in today, it looks an awful lot like what we're trying to do. Meeting the needs, loving people, serving people where they're at so that we earn the right to share the gospel. Make no mistake about it. The gospel must be shared and will continue to be shared. But simply turning our lights on ain't enough, y'all. It ain't. They're not just walking through the doors. We have to go to them. And that's what I'm thankful for about our church family is we're bending. We have been bending that way, but I feel like we've reached kind of that critical point where like we ain't turning back. We're asking better questions. We're hearing more clearly from God. And I'm thankful for that. I'm not, I know I'm not supposed to be preaching today and I'll stop. So um, Cameron, come on up. So Cameron's coming up. There was somebody else that was supposed to sit in a chair, but they, they're struggling with some, some, um, some vertigo this morning. So here's what I would say. If you, know, if you know that you need to share, if you know that you need to share and weren't like part of the, the, the program, um, there's a chair up here. So come on up and sit down right here. There's a seat waiting for you. Um, some of you maybe need to come on up here, but it's here. Cameron, how are you? Great. Good to see you. If you guys don't know, this is my son, Cameron. Uh, that'll probably come out in the dynamic here. But anyway, Cameron, how have you been experiencing God? Well, um, first of all, since he can't preach, I will. Um, (laughs) No, just kidding. I'm a lot more concise than my dad is when it comes to speaking. So I'm going to go through the list of these seven experiencing God um, realities um, because while going through this book, um, and full disclosure, I didn't get through the whole book. Um, And that's Anybody else? 
Not get through? All right, all right. Okay, good, good, good. Confession uh, is good for a church. Yeah, I'm going to continue it, but I didn't finish on time. Um, but with our seven realities, hi, Brendan. Um, I, I, as we go through the book, and it all, it's all God's timing, like what I was reading was going along with what my life was doing, um, I saw some things happening. So first, obviously, God is always at work around us, um, and that's in my life, in my family, in my church, like in my personal walk with him, God's always at work. Um, and he's pursuing a personal uh, relationship with me, number two. Um, and a big part of that is my D group. Um, a book like Experiencing God, um, it's a lot better when you can discuss it with people who are going along the journey with you. Uh, so my discipleship group, um, when we did meet um, and we're talking about these things, um, it's good to have that accountability and that, um, that discussion to further bounce ideas and thoughts of what God is doing through um, a book or the Bible or whatever you're discussing. Um, and he, God invites you to become involved with him in his work. Um, if you don't know me, I'm a teacher. Um, I'm a coach. I work with the youth group at church. Um, so my work that God has invited me to is like teenagers. I'm basically a teenager at heart forever. Um, why grow up? It's not that fun. Um, but um, I kind of came um, to uh, the, the part in the book where he was talking, where Blackaby was talking about ways that God speaks to you, and I personally am not one to over-spiritualize life circumstances. Um, I look at life and I say, this thing is happening, let's keep moving, and I'm a very logical person. I teach math, and that's what I say. I say, well, if A is B and B is C, then A is C, and we're going to follow on that transitive property and continue along. Um, but um, there were some circumstances happening in my life. Um, where God um, kind of shut a door for me that I thought was opening, and um, people in my discipleship group can attest to how disappointed I was in that. Um, but another door or, or window maybe I was trying to go through um, was opening, and then a big door kind of opened, and um, I had the opportunity to apply for a new job, um, which if you are in the education field, you know doesn't happen super often. Um, so I applied for a new job at Clarion Limestone um, because my uh, football coach that I coach with kind of said we have this position opening up and he was inviting me to apply, basically saying you're going to get the job if you apply. So it wasn't a huge crisis of belief there, but there is a crisis of belief, um, which is the next one, um, in that like I'm going out of my comfort zone. I've gotten comfortable at my current job. Um, I enjoy all my students, 99% of my students, um, and um, I, I, I enjoy what I teach, but um, the opportunity came, and as I kind of like reflected, and this is where, like, I don't like to over-spiritualize circumstances, but through the book, I was understanding that, like, the Holy Spirit works in multiple ways, not just one way. So as I looked at circumstances, I also began to pray. I also began to seek wisdom with people in the church, my discipleship group, my family, that kind of stuff. Um, and the Holy Spirit, I felt, once again, this is awkward for me to talk about, that I feel like I'm over-spiritualizing a job opportunity. But um, I felt the Holy Spirit saying this is an opportunity um, to join God in more work. As I reflected on things that were happening in my life, I'm already coaching 
um, students at, or student athletes at CL. Um, we have a lot of kids from CL coming to our joint youth group with First Baptist. Um, so I just, I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing me, hi man. Um, I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing me that I have an opportunity not just to change jobs, but to make a bigger impact um, on students with the spheres of influence that I've been creating. Um, so um, that led me to a major adjustment in my life. Um, I accepted the job at CL and I will be starting in January. Um, and I'm excited to um, experience as I obey God's calling um, and see what he's going to accomplish through this new opportunity. Um, but yeah, that was like a super practical way that God was working in my life as I went through part of this book that I will continue. But yeah. Yeah, cool. Thank you, son. Appreciate it. So you're the mystery chair, Brendan. Uh, it was a mystery to me up until the, a few moments ago. Um, and as you know, and my bride knows, and uh, other people, I, I do not speak impromptu. Um, I, I have to have a script and you stick to the script. And so I'm a little bit terrified right now. I will do my best. Um, We're all a little terrified, Brendan. Well, <laughs> with, with good reason. That's okay, go reason. ahead. Um, and thank you, Kayla, for sharing. And uh, something that um, you know, has, has been hitting me over and over again as I went through the book and then uh, earlier this week, uh, part of the exercise was going back through and reading through you know, those, those responses and, and the continual thing that came up was simple obedience, simple obedience, simple obedience um, uh, that, uh, that I've been called to. And the, the one day in particular, um, this might have been a, a week or two weeks ago, uh, that uh, really struck me is that it, um, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, that's not an issue with, if you have an obedience issue, it, it stems from a love issue. Like at the, at the core of it, it's a love issue. And at first I just kind of wanted to dismiss that, gloss over that or whatever. And I really started being challenged by that of what is my love issue? And again, some of you, you may know, and, and for those who don't, um, uh, there, there are a lot of transitions that have been happening. There's a lot of things that have been up in the air. In, in my life, um, and something that has come up to the surface on all of those is uh, an idol for me is comfort, of being comfortable. And in, in the past two years, uh, nearly, um, I've been having some health issues that I've had uh, seemingly no power to, uh, to take care of, uh, to, uh, to try and mitigate. Um, we finally identified at least part of the, the source of those, but basically every other week I, I was completely miserable with no real answers from medical professionals as far as how to take care of that, uh, what have you. Um, and in the midst of that, instead of crying out and seeking God in that, seeking more and more ways to, to find comfort in the midst of it. 
And with my job, I have another transition coming up uh, that I'm, I'm going to be moving my office. And, and a person that I've been working with uh, for uh, the, the entire time that I've been in that office is going to be retiring. And I, I have uh, a, a hire that uh, uh, is coming up. And so there's those changes that, that are happening. And all of these things um, are, are happening at once and, and in the midst of them, I, uh, in my flesh, I keep on crying out and seeking comfort in the midst of those. And through this, God has, has continued to put the spotlight on this idol that's been in my life that my affections have been toward instead of him, that has created a barrier to my obedience. And even as I was sitting down there, knowing that he was prompting me to come and speak, you know, my, my heart about beating out of my chest I don't have a pre-prepared statement, so I don't have any idea where I'm landing on this. Just <laughs> prompting to, to share that through, through this experience in God, the thing that kept on coming out was this simple obedience. Kayla, as you, you shared, and it's not that no one else shared about this either, it just, that stuck out to me, and thank you. Uh, in, in being faithful in the, in the small things, in the, in the, in the little things. Um, because he has bigger things for us. He has God-sized things for each of us that he wants to do, that he wants to invite us along in. Um, and so that's, that's been my, my crisis of faith. That's, that's been where, what I've been dealing with in this. So, no, thank you. I think that's it. No, that's good, thank you. Appreciate you sharing. Thank you, guys. So we got two more, and both of them said they weren't going to, to they didn't have a long story to share, but we still wanna, I still wanted to hear uh, this morning from, from Becca and from, uh, from Barry. So I have, to, I have to do this. This is my agreement with Becca whenever she shares. So Becca, I know this is a little bit of a struggle there, so we do want you to be comfortable. We don't do the big stool. <laughs> she don't do the big stool, but we do want you to. Thank you. There you go. Barry, you can get up here. All right. So, Becca. Yes, sir. I'll start with you. <clears throat> what, uh, what's this journey been like for you? Do you want me down here? Is that okay? No. Yeah, would you? Could you crouch just right that. there? That. Yeah, that'd be good. Okay. How long can okay. you hold that? I'll, as long as I need to. <laughs> you said you weren't going to be long. No, I'm okay. All right. Can you do it without your dick? I can't. Besides, Brendan made me cry, and so now I, uh, everything's a little <clears throat> swimmy here. Thank you, Brendan, for that. Um, the only reason that I'm here is because I love my pastor. Because um, whenever he was putting um, a message out asking for people, and you know, he's been asking for, for um, people to speak today for weeks. Sure. And um, there, I just, there was, a, not that he wasn't trusting God, but I sensed a little desperation in his voice. And I was like, fine, I don't have a big story, but I think that I'm supposed to do that because I'm obedient to my pastor because he's obedient to Jesus. So anyway, 
Um, <clears throat> so in my discipleship group, which has been a huge blessing, um, I reluctantly, I originally, um, I'm looking at Pam because I reluctantly started leading this. I wasn't sure that I had enough um, margin, which Trent had talked to me about margin um, about a week ago. But anyway, I wasn't sure I had enough margin. Well, it's been a huge, a giant blessing, and I have loved every minute of it. But um, I had been asking my discipleship group to pray for me because one of the things that um, I've been trying to do and trying to stress for several years now um, to, to the women that, that meet at 9 o'clock as well is where do we see, how can I use Jesus' name this week? Where are we going to be practical with that and actually saying his name? out in the world. Because I found, you know, I've been a Christ follower all my life, but I don't necessarily say Jesus' name every week. And, or every, I mean, every month sometimes. When it, you don't, uh, you know, a lot of it's internal. It doesn't need to be internal. So anyway, I asked for them to give me, uh, to pray for me to have opportunity to say Jesus' name during our quilt show week. So it was a, the quilt show was a big deal, and um, I was spending every day that week, every single day, with a bunch of women, so there was a, a, an opportunity. When I was working, and those of you who know I worked for CYS, um, I didn't have to look for a mission field at all, because every day it presented itself to me right smack in front of me. Since retiring, um, I have a wonderful mission field just in my own home, um, with uh, now with all my grandchildren living there, so there's that. But outside, I didn't have much. So anyway, I was asking for them to to pray for me to have opportunities. So I get to the to the first day, day one out of six, um, and almost immediately, um, one of the women who I really respect um, in the guild um, was having a crisis, and um, I could see that happening. And I thought. And she had to leave, and she was responsible for a lot of things. And, and so I thought immediately, I need to go and pray for her. And so I went, and I actually ran into someone else. We bumped shoulders as someone else who felt that same thing was coming toward her. But we don't have much conversation, Jesus' conversation. We talk about fabric and mistakes and stuff like that. Anyway, so I prayed for her, and I prayed for her as I would have prayed for any of you. Um, which I sometimes find myself pulling back a little bit in public because I don't want to use too many, um, too much Christianese, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so others came around, and um, and when it, I mean, it was it was powerful, it was important, and I was like, thank you, you know, God, on day one, you know, in the first five minutes, you gave me something to do. Thank you. There it was, check, you know. <laughs> And, um, but that was only the tip of it. And the other stories are not things that I'm going to go into, but it was being obedient in that tiny little bit of praying, which is not out of my wheelhouse to be able to do, but to do that in public, the ripple effect from that went on and on. And I had six more opportunities that were not as easy. Each one of them got a little more complicated um, to invest in other people and then one of the things that was really cool is a, a, a woman who, I didn't know this before because, again, we don't talk about that, but she's in a church that is basically on life support, and um, she, even though she also has been a Christ follower all of her life, she rarely ever has prayed for anyone directly. 
um, sometimes in a group she'll add a, you know, a line and she prays and she'll always say, I will pray for you, but she doesn't do it. Mm. So the impact from that, then she took that back to her women at her church and now they have all purposely started trying to f say Jesus' name in public and, and doing more of that. So there's this small ripple effect. You asked for um, references, uh, and this morning he asked for scripture. I wasn't ready for that, but anyway, um, from Henry Blackaby's book, um, it says, God intends for the world to come to know him. The only way people will understand what God is like is to see him at work in their world. They will know his nature when they see it expressed in his activity. Whenever God involves you in this activity, the assignment will have God-like dimensions to it. One of the things that we struggled with somewhat in this study, in our discipleship group, was everything in the book, you know, we're talking 12 people, they start churches, it's this giant catalyst for everything else. And sometimes I think that um, we think something God-sized, um, you know, what should that look like? It talks mm -hmm. about making ma major adjustments. And in like one line in the book says, maybe you've already made adjustments in your life, but it's only like one line. Mm -hmm. And so we kept waiting for, all right, what are these major adjustments going to be? But I really, what spoke to me through this is it's not up to me to determine what's God-sized. The little things are God-sized, which lead to other things. But I think sometimes we can struggle with thinking, what's God doing with me, when he's doing all kinds of things all of the time if we pay attention and we give him credit for that. Yeah. Um, instead of thinking, you know, like, like the perpetual jumper, I'm ready, I'm ready, God. You know, take me whenever you're, well, am I really ready if I'm not doing the small thing sure. that seems insignificant? So then you ask for scripture. So <laughs> um, I, it's um, Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Um, which a lot of you can recite. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. And the most important word in that scripture to me is the first one, go. Mm. That's all I have to do is go. Yeah, just go. Very good, thanks, Pekka. Very rapid. You're welcome. I just want to say, all my predecessors up here stole every scripture that I was going <laughs> to. It's all right, Barry. Going to say, but they're all the right scripture, and there seems to be a theme here. <laughs> and um, I'm just going to look up here at number seven and just um, go with this: You come to know God by by experience, as you obey Him. Hmm. As you obey Him. I don't know why I got to be my age and I didn't figure that out for a long time. I think um, maybe back to my youth, I thought if I were totally committed to Christ that all of a sudden I'd find myself in a mission field in the jungle somewhere or uh, the desert somewhere. And God doesn't do things that way. It's these little daily steps as you obey him. And there, we don't get to decide what's little and what's big, but every time you obey in a little way, you get courage, you get more faith. Hmm. And that's, coming to realize that has helped me. And um, he's not gonna give you the five-year plan, probably. 
but you'll get there if you just obey on the little things every day and they get bigger and, then, and he totally surprises you of how um, important, uh, uh, find things that are important to do for other people in the kingdom of God just by those little things every day. Yeah. So um, I'm appreciative in that way. And I'm just uh, really, um, um, it's just a big wow factor for me to hear what these people's testimony this morning. So um, uh, God deserves our praise and trust in all those little things. Absolutely. Thank you, Barry. Thank you. Absolutely. Hey, worship team, why don't you all come back? Spencer, come on up. I got one more. This is bonus as the worship team comes. Have a seat. You want to sit in a big stool. Yeah. So I, we're going to do this officially at some point yeah, sooner yeah. than later, but if God's saying talk now, I want you to introduce, introduce you to my friend Spencer, who has a lovely bride who's not here, Chelsea. You're going to yes. get a chance to meet both of them hopefully soon, but yeah. what's up? Um, yeah, this is very unofficial. Um, yeah. Trent had officially asked us, um, me and my wife, Chelsea, we started coming here literally week one of this whole series. Yeah. And um, I don't know, as, I'm, as I was just sitting and listening to everyone's stories and just the impact that God has had, um, like I said, this is very unofficial and, we, and Chelsea was supposed to be here, but I just felt God calling me to say kind of just that Chelsea and I are thankful um, for this church, um, yeah. just for the whole Experiencing God series. Um, we've just time and time again, literally like from the first week that we showed up, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say is like, I'm thankful, my wife is thankful, but personally, you guys and I, have a great pastor. And everyone here is so welcoming. And like, <laughs> um, yeah, genuinely, like we, we, we were trying out a few different churches and, and we kind of came here week one and, and we, Chelsea and I were both very hesitant to like say anything in, in particular of like, oh, we want to stay here. We want to stay there. We want to we, we had just moved back to the area and we were gonna try to find a church and we really wanted to get involved and that was our heart. And it was a total God thing of, we came here week one and we both looked at each other and just said, we wanna see this, this series throughout. Like we wanna be here every single week that we can and, and see this series throughout and then make a decision. And before the even end of the series, we both had, said to each other like well it's pretty much decided you know we want to be here so yeah, yeah. I just I just wanted to say thank you and just a genuine heartfelt like that's our experience in God moment of like we moved back to the area and and um, we're allowed to get and Trent has been very good and other people of just getting us involved in different things and in, in ministry and and um, whatnot and and we're just thankful and yeah yeah, and you saved you saved the part that we want to save for yeah. you and Chelsea, and yeah. we'll wait on that. But but you know when somebody comes to Zion and you try to hear their story, you pick up on things very quickly. And, and Chelsea and, and Spencer's story uh, told me right off the bat that this is a young couple who know Jesus, love Jesus, have been following Jesus, and want to serve Jesus. 
that they have decided to call Zion home to continue growing, serving, following Jesus is, is a blessing to me. And as you guys are going to find out sooner than later, it's going to be a blessing to this church family, uh, hopefully for many, many years. And so yeah. we'll, we'll leave it at that. There's a little cliffhanger for you. <laughs> so next time you see him, it'll be with his wife, and we'll, we'll unpack a little bit more of their story. So thank you, Spencer. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> All right, so that's a lot. If you're a guest, this is not normal. Um, but I think, it's, I think it's an awesome way to be introduced uh, to, to our church family. So for everybody who shared, um, thank you. How many of you, and how many of you were encouraged by something that was said today? All right, cool, cool, cool. How many of you were challenged by something that was said today? Excellent. That's what we prayed for. When we prayed this morning, we prayed encouragement, challenge, mission accomplished. Thank you, God, for doing that. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing a couple of songs. The, the first song we're going to sing, and, and then, we'll ha- then we'll be done. The first song we're going to sing is um, a song called Not in a Hurry that really has kind of uh, become kind of a theme song during this series, and Angela will lead us, and we're going to sing it. And I want you to, to, to let it be um, a song that you sing and reflect on what God's been doing in you, and hopefully these words really are your story. Um, that you're learning to trust him, that you're enjoying his, learning to enjoy his presence more and more. And then we're going to sing one more song out the door. But you all want to know the total of the offering, don't you? Yeah, so because of your generosity today, we were able to uh, receive a, our first kingdom offering in the amount of $22,524.90. Which if I'm thinking, and, and again, there was a, there was a what's a, What's that? Well, how much would that be more? It'll round it up a little bit, just a little bit. I can't do that. I'm not going to look at who gives. I don't look at who. Go give it to Matt or somebody. Give it to Jake. I don't look. I. Twenty-three. Okay, so twenty-three thousand. So it's actually about twenty-three thousand, and that was just. Just so you all know, that was a good moment for you guys to see my, like, I don't know what people give, and I would not want to know what anybody gives. So that was, that was unplanned, but you, just so you know that I do not know what y'all give. Don't ever want to know. All right, so, um, but we're grateful. So 23,000 in, in my head, I'm doing the, the numbers correctly. That means 15,000 will go to Love, Inc. So praise God for that. <laughs> praise God. Uh, 6,000 to Life Made New, uh, that's 21. And then we'll be able to write a check for a couple of thousand uh, for Baha'i Sebol and the help, helping them with their, um, their orphanage. And I'm getting this reminder from Matt, we're going to keep the, the Kingdom Builders offering drop down on our website open uh, until the end of this year. So if you're like, ah, man, I'd like to see Baha'i Sebol get a little bit more, uh, feel free to, to, to contribute to that. Uh, at the end of the year, we'll take that down until we uh, do a springtime Kingdom Builders offering. But, but Zion, praise God. Thank you for your generosity and thank you for what, what he's been doing in, in your life. Let me pray. We're going to stand. And, and uh, uh, Angelo, you need a mic. And then we'll, uh, we'll sing a little bit and then we'll, we'll be done. Father, we love you and we thank you for the day. Thank you. We give you the glory for all of these stories because it's only you that speaks to our hearts. It's only your word, your spirit that changes us. And we thank you for the work that the word has done and the spirit has done in our lives and for what he's continuing to do in and through us. 
We thank you again for the generosity of this church family and the privilege that we have to partner with you to give, uh, to help uh, reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ through creative and innovative means in this community and God around the world. Uh, we, we praise you and give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and let's worship Jesus together.